everybody. Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us while we begin our worship, please? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. It is you, Lord, who gave the Savior heart and soul. my weakness you refine me with thine own hand Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and On this shoebox blessing day, I'm going to take a little license, and I'm going to read something to you from a newsletter I get from Samaritan's Purse. It just kind of struck me. It takes close to 70,000 volunteers to staff more than 4,200 drop-off locations across the United States, and another 80,000 in our eight processing centers to sort, inspect, and ship gift-filled shoeboxes to millions of children around the world, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Once the shoebox gifts reach their destination countries, thousands more volunteers get involved in distributing the boxes through our network of churches and presenting the gospel to children as the gifts are handed out. Then we have over 210 trained volunteer teachers who lead the Greatest Journey discipleship classes which the Lord has used to bring more than 11 million children to the saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to read 
one, one little bit that I think this reflects. From Matthew 24, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Thank you all. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Carl. Welcome to worship, everybody, and welcome to the folks outdoors who are out in the breezy, cool weather. <laughs> you know, it's wonderful to be here to praise the Lord this morning. Do you guys agree? Just have a couple of reminders, and in case you didn't get the email, the deadline for ordering poinsettias is next Sunday, November the 22nd, and envelopes for ordering are on the table outside. And don't forget the winter clothing drive. We will be accepting clothing until next Sunday service. After the service is over, that's it. So, let us now welcome the light of Christ. First scripture reading today comes from Judges 4, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to beg your forgiveness now because there's some names of cities and towns in this place that I just cannot pronounce. The people of Israel kept right on doing evil in God's sight. With Ehud dead, God sold him off to Jabin, the king of Canaan, who ruled from Hazor. Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoyim, was the commander of the, his army. The people of Israel cried out to God because he had cruelly oppressed them with his 900 iron chariots for 20 years. Deborah was a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth. She was judge over Israel at that time. She held court under Deborah's palm between Ramah and Bethel in the hills of Ephraim. The people of Israel went to her in matters of justice. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, It has become clear that God, the God of Israel, commands you, Go to Mount Tabor and prepare for battle. Take ten companies of soldiers from Naphtali and Zebulun, and I'll take care of getting Sisera, the leader of Jabin's army, to the Kishon River with all his chariots and troops, and I'll make sure you win the battle. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer, please. Merciful God, 
We thank you for the endless blessings you give us. You have made everything wonderful for your children to enjoy. Guide us with your Holy Spirit so we might remain humble and in your service. Remind us often of our Lord and Savior who taught us to use the talents that you gave us. Help us to always reflect your mercy, goodness, and light so that we might make your kingdom known to all. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow that it is to see all of you here on this gorgeous morning. And it is a gorgeous morning, although for those of you sitting outside, it might be a bit brisk. But, but the sun is shining, and that's good, and it doesn't appear to be too windy out there right at the moment. So let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this gorgeous day. We thank you for all that you bless us with. We truly, we truly don't realize the blessings we have, especially during this time of year when we set aside a special day for Thanksgiving. Remind us to be thankful at all times in all things. Lord, I lift up those who need healing wherever they are. I lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. I lift up those in areas of the world where there is violence and bloodshed. I lift up those who don't have adequate work, food, shelter, or water. I lift up our nation, the leaders of this nation, and all the nations of the world that they would seek and do your will. I lift up our Christian brothers and sisters everywhere that all of us, as your word says, would work in unity to bring about your kingdom. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of not using the talents that you have blessed us with. Remind us, as your son reminded us, that we are here not to be served, but to serve. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, we're going to bless the shoe boxes. And as Carl very well did at the opening, he told us what an important ministry this was. And I forgot to ask, how many boxes did y'all pack? 94. Okay. So the other day there was a packing party. Thursday morning over in the fellowship hall and 
There were 94 boxes packed, and we have more than 94 because I know a lot of folks have brought in additional boxes. Another good thing about this ministry is it brings in folks from all sorts of Christian denominations. You know, this is Samaritan's Purse is run by Franklin Graham, and Samaritan's Purse is the organization that heads up Operation Christmas Child, a wonderful, wonderful program. If you, if, you, if you should be in the position that you really don't know anything about it, the table for it that Carl set up is still out in the narthex, and the little brochures that go with it would give you a good idea of what was going on. And also, there's a, there's a website, or three, and, it, and you can go online and see all about it. You can also see videos of people whose lives have been impacted by this wonderful, wonderful ministry. We will send off the boxes this week. This is collection week the, starting tomorrow, November the 16th, and buku of these boxes will be collected all over the place and then sent all over the place. I wanted to, before we pray, I'd like to read a scripture. This comes from Matthew chapter 18, and it says here, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray over these shoe boxes. I ask all of you to, to be in prayer with me. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be involved in this wonderful ministry. We will most likely never meet any of the children that receive these boxes, but that doesn't matter. Your love is for everyone. It permeates the universe. We came from love, and we will all return to love. So we thank you profoundly for this opportunity to share in this ministry. Lord, we ask your blessing on everyone who is involved in this ministry, on everyone who sees this ministry and wonders what it is. We especially ask the blessing on the children and their families who receive these boxes. Let these boxes be maybe the first indication they ever get that the world is full of people who love and who know that God loves them and will always love them. Go with those who deliver these boxes. Be with those who are in the communities that receive them. Let your name be glorified through this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, this morning, we're going to talk about the third in a, in a series of parables about the end times, about the end times. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus has two parables about the end times, and then he ends up, which is what we'll talk about next Sunday, not with a parable, but describing part of what's going to take place on the final judgment. Again, I'll remind all of us that it is a tenet of our faith. Jesus is coming back, and there will be a final judgment. Each and every one of us will get the opportunity to stand before the Lord and hear what He has to say to us. All right? I think Laura was, Laura's our youngest daughter. I think Laura was a sophomore in high school. And I was driving her, work, driving her to, work, to school one day. I guess she thought it was work. I was driving her to school one day, like I usually did, until she got her driver license. Most days, I drove her to school. And she said, somehow we got off on it. I, I maybe received a phone call or whatever. And she said, you know, Dad, she said, your iPhone is just like your brain. She said, you only use 10% of it. And she had a point. She had a good point. And it's true. Still is, you know. Still is for most of us, you know. I, I mean, I think in the studies we see, it would be great if most of us actually used 10% of our brains, right? If we're rigorously honest about it, most of us probably do a lot of things as some psychologists say, on automatic and don't really think about them at all. But among the things that God has blessed us with, each and every one of us, one of, those, one of the greatest blessings, of course, is our brain and the abilities that each and every one of us have. Marvelous, marvelous abilities, again, that we don't even think about. There's some crud on the altar rail here, you know. And I'm not saying that about the place not being clean or something. I'm just, it's just normal wear and tear, right? And look at that. Some of these imperfections, gee, I don't even know. They're thousands of an inch thin or thick. But I can feel them. It's pretty incredible when you, if you really think about it. If you really think about it. It's a marvelous, marvelous thing. Our scripture, as I said, comes from Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. For it is as if a man, what is, what is? You have to go back up to the first. Y'all all know, right? The kingdom of heaven is. Okay? That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what Jesus preached about. That's what we're to be about. For it is as if a man going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted. Check out that. I want us all to think about that word. Entrusted. Doesn't say he gave them. It says he entrusted his property to them. To one 
he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful and loving God, God who loves us all and desires that none should perish. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. So, again, this is a parable about the end times when Jesus returns and Judgment Day. It's interesting, very, very interesting. First place, let's, I, I just want to remind us of a couple of things. In Genesis chapter 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to till and keep it. Okay? 
So our job description from the beginning has been to till and keep the earth, what God has blessed us with, what God has loaned to us. That's been our job description from the beginning. And they're too numerous to go into now, but many, many, many times Jesus says what? He says, you will know a tree by its fruit, right? It's about bearing fruit. It's about bearing fruit. It's about being productive. It's about abundance in the kingdom. God has provided us more, more than what we need, but we haven't always used it so wisely. So, how much is a talent? I'll tell you. A talent is approximately 15 years' wages in those days, okay? So check that out. Let's say you make $35,000 a year, okay? That's over half a million dollars in today's dollars. One talent. The guy that got one talent got a half a million dollars, okay? If you want to look at it in monetary figures. But I don't believe it should just be looked at in a monetary way. Now the second thing throughout the Bible that I want to remind us of is, it, and, it, and if, you, if you want to see a place where it tells us that, look at Psalm 50, okay? Look at Psalm 50 verse 12 and it says what? Everything in the world belongs to God. Everything. It's all God's. Up there in verse 10, it said, the, th- the cattle on a thousand hills, right, belong to the Lord. And then you go on down. But anyway, so everything belongs to God. Now, as I said a few minutes ago, it says, when the master went away, he entrusted, he entrusted his servants with these talents. Okay? Didn't give them to him. He entrusted them with him. And then he left. And of course, the master's Jesus. He's gone away, and he's entrusted us to do actually what Carl read out of Matthew chapter 24, earlier, I mean, 28, earlier this morning, you know, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to observe everything that I have taught you. So, the first slave says he starts trading the talents. Now, I think, and I may be wrong, that's always, that's always a very big possibility. The percentages of that are always very high. I may be wrong, but I like to look at this not just in terms of money. I like to look at this in terms of actual talents and abilities we've all been given. And it also says there, each was given according to his ability. We don't all have the same talents, but we all have the same potential in putting forth effort to use our talents. It's one of the great lessons in this particular parable. According to their ability. And the first one, what? He immediately, at once, went out and started trading. At once he started using his talents. Again, 
time would, uh, would not allow me to go into all the different kinds of talents we have, but we've all got them, and you know it. You know, it's, it's, always, it's, always an easy, it's always an easy thing to just talk about music, right? Because musically, we have a lot of talent in this congregation. That's not my particular forte, all right? The musical deal. But we all have talents, and we're all expected to use them. So he goes out immediately, and he makes five more talents with the talents he was given. The second one, again, given according to his ability, or should say loaned according to his ability. These were what? These were talents on loan from God. That's what they were. According to his ability, this guy takes his two and makes two more. Now, when the master returns and they come to him, to both of these guys or gals, it doesn't actually say. It just says they were slaves, right? Servants of the Lord. The Lord says what? Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of more. See, the reward of a job well done is getting to well do another job. It's, it's, more, it's, it's more to do. The reward really is in doing. It really is. That's where it is. Again, that's a great lesson that's here. We were, again, created to till and keep the earth. We were created to do something, to work. We're supposed to spend six-sevenths of our time working and one-seventh of our time resting. You know, I could digress, but, uh, you know, that's another place our society has uh, become decadent over, over the generations. You know, most people's ambition these days is to do nothing. You know, I won't, like I said, I better not go there. But we were created to work and produce and to bear fruit and to keep doing it, to keep doing it. There's no place where it says it should cease. And notice that, what he says too. Enter into the joy of your master. This parable is an invitation. Jesus is inviting people to enter into joy and abundance and all that's there in the kingdom. And again, again, he's reminding us, just like we prayed this morning, what did we say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not thy kingdom be done in heaven, you know, after I assume room temperature and they throw the dirt in my face, right? Your kingdom come right now. And again, he's given an example. The two faithful servants, the two who were obedient to God and did what God asked them to do, were given more responsibilities. We are here to learn how to be co-rulers with God. And I don't know 
what God has in plan for us in the future. But I know that now, as we were told in Genesis, we're to have dominion. We're to take it. We're to be training for reigning. It's what we're to be about. And these two guys did it well. Well, let's look at the, let's look at the third one. The wicked and lazy. These are Jesus' words, not mine. The wicked and lazy slave, right? He buried the treasure. He hid it in the ground. Why? Tells us. It was real clear. I read it. What did he say? I was afraid. He didn't do anything because of fear. Wow. He didn't do anything because of fear. If we aren't living in a society that's inundated with fear, I don't know where we are, you know, myself. But uh, it's a grave, no pun intended, mistake to be motivated, inundated by fear, period. Three things I want to observe real quick about the wicked and lazy servant. He didn't love his master. He didn't love Jesus. What did he do? He blamed him. He said, I didn't do anything. I was afraid to do anything because I knew what? You were a bad guy. That's what he said. Now, how is, how is it that Jesus reaps where he doesn't sow and gathers where he, uh, you know, doesn't raise a field? He entrusted the faithful servants to do it. That's how he does it, okay? He entrusted the faithful ones to do it. What else about the wicked and lazy servant? He wasn't thankful. He wasn't grateful at all. He wasn't grateful at all. Again, I want to remind y'all, I want to remind y'all about how God has blessed us. Did y'all know? Did y'all know there was a project a few years back? And of course it's getting it's getting more. Some of you, some of you in here, I guess I won't point anybody out or call any names, but some of you are probably more up to date on this than I am, okay? I mean most of you are probably more up to date on most things than I am. But with artificial intelligence, they've they've set up a deal with sixteen thousand. 16,000 CPUs, you know, the brains of a computer, 16,000 of them, and, and analyzing a billion different parameters. And they have trained, I think that's a fair word, or, or they have programmed, how, whatever however term we want to use, computers to recognize a cat in a YouTube video. Y'all know about this? But, but for real, for real, okay? Y'all know most of the time I don't make up stuff, and if I do, I usually try to make you think it's a joke. Okay, but this, this, this is for real. Now, 16,000 CPUs, a billion parameters. It's something a two-year-old child can just do, right? A couple of times you say to the child, this is a cat. And then every time the child sees a cat... They see a cat, and they know it's a cat, okay? 
And what have we done with some of our talents? With some of our talents, we have, we have made ourselves more lazy. With some of our talents, we have made ourselves more wicked. I won't go there this morning. But I, I want to talk about the lazy ones a minute. Uh, now, this, this is particularly applies for those of you who are, I'll say, over 50. When you were, let's say, in high school or first starting your first career, how many phone numbers did you know? I mean, how many phone numbers did you know? I would, I would say that an average person, I'd say a person with one talent, probably knew eight or ten phone numbers without even thinking about it, right? How many phone numbers do you know today? You don't have to let me know. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing per se wrong with technology, but we have to be careful how we use it. We have to be careful how we use our talents, okay? And here's the third thing. Here's the third thing that the lazy and wicked servant did. His goal was security. His goal wasn't service. So he buried his treasure. Make no mistake, this is, a, this is a parable and all, but nobody kept the wicked and lazy servant out of the kingdom of heaven except himself. He's the one that kept himself out. And we are all guilty of burying our talents and not realizing the kingdom of heaven whenever we, like the wicked and lazy servant, don't faithfully obey the master. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Jesus told us that time and time and time again. So I'll close by reminding us of 1 Peter 4.10 Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God serve one another with whatever gift you receive. Amen. Now go in peace and as you go remember remember the talents that you've been given and use them, use them to make everything better for everyone. And as you do that, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.